Well, yeah. I mean, originally, I remember my first time I went to Federal Tap House downtown and <laughs> Ania Hawkins was sitting with PJ Mustafer and a couple other guys. And it was a little scary until I realized he had a mohawk at 21. So <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I was no longer afraid. And Doc, again, took heed to my orders, took heed to my instruction. Yeah. And that is how he's turned into the student he's become today. I'll tell you what, I was too afraid to approach any of the real football players in that class, so they pointed me to Hawk, who at that point was called Pigeon. And <laughs> Wait, I never heard that nickname. Where did that Nobody, nickname come from? He, okay. he, had, he hadn't earned the name Hawk. I was not warmed up for this moment. I pulled my quad in this, in this foot pursuit. I dived and landed on my shoulder and hurt my shoulder, too. I get up, I jog to the, I jog to the sideline. I sit down on the cooler. I said I pulled, I pulled my hamstring, and they're like, "Yo, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fumble. Go back out there." I said, "No, I can't. I just had a lacrosse game, and now I'm playing basketball. This isn't fair." <laughs> and my mom said, "You don't train like an elite athlete. <laughs> you don't train like an elite athlete, and your mentality is poor. That's why you had to give you had." You're how old at this point? <laughs> I was eight years old. <laughs> I walk up to my dad on the couch. I'm like, yo, like, yo, did you see my touchdown? He rolls over. He's like, you're soft. You're out of shape. Hit the treadmill. <laughs> rolls back over and closes his eyes again. I sprint downstairs to my room. You mentioned closing doors softly, but with enthusiasm. And I stood in front of the mirror and just like, <laughs> like looking at him and crying. The coaching staff in Cincinnati had me convinced that I was LeBron and that the city needed me. So I'm ready, obviously, to make that kind of impact. Uh, and thank God my dad didn't let me do that because... I never panned out as a player. So yeah, if I would have been yeah. in Cincinnati, I'll take the Penn State degree 10 times out of 10. I'm not old enough for this question. Yeah. Not even old enough. Jerry's yeah. 16 and a half still. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bill Belichick yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. I'm Jerry just got his permit, man. <laughs> <laughs>
being on a team, you know, knowing everybody, knowing their backstory, uh, being able to tell it. And then, you know, through NIL, everybody now, you're able to showcase your personalities. Before before NIL, no one really knew who who was who, what they were about. Mm-hmm. You just saw someone under a helmet. Uh, so now I feel like it, it's cool. I'm going to have the opportunity to to showcase what, what people are really about and kind of tell their story. Uh, so I, I've had a real good time so far in what I've done uh, in, in the broadcasting, you know, radio world. Yeah. But definitely a lot more uh, to, to get into for me. And really, let's jump into that, man. Um, and you have such a unique perspective. I mean, you were one of the highest touted recruits uh, coming out of Maryland, coming out of a powerhouse WCAC conference that doesn't compare it to Parkland High School. But just coming out of, uh, I mean, a, a powerhouse high school and uh, coming here, playing as a freshman, playing at an elite level as a freshman, going into your sophomore year, playing like you, you've been playing well at, at Penn State. And to have that, you know, be done for you now. Um, how, how have you adjusted? How do you feel? How are you overcoming um, adversity? Yeah, obviously it was it was real hard at first. Uh, I think anybody knows that when you have to step away from the game of football, I think Hawk can speak to this. It, it doesn't matter really how it even happened. It's going to be hard, and you're so used to being on that schedule, looking at teamworks on your phone, and you got every single second of your day mapped out for you, uh, and that kind of just goes away. So first off, I feel like there's there can be that lost feeling where you feel like you don't have a purpose uh, because you're not going into the building every single day with saying, okay, I got lift, I got this, I'm a stretch, hit the cold tubs. You don't really need to do any of that. So th- there is some of that, you know, kind of refining your purpose. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, you know, college football is such a competitive environment that it's hard. You can't really replicate that in any way, but you got to just try and find find as many ways as possible. I've been in the IM leagues, a little basketball, yeah. man, yeah. dropping, you know, 20, 22 and 18, something like that. 22 and 18. 22 points and 18 boards. Wow. Okay. I want to know what, first of all, there is nobody taking books in these games. I don't even want to hear that there's somebody there keeping track of any of these points. These are just you allocating points to your own record. We have no way to fact check. No, we don't. I think that's a weird lie to tell. But are you surprised? Are you surprised that Landon Tangwall comes on here and starts just making up numbers of what he's doing in his basketball? He gave himself a double double in a record. It was almost twenty and twenty actually. What was the average height of the guys you were playing against? Probably about five eight. I mean, guy just failed like cast one on one and he got dropped off. By they did. Like, well, I was walking on the court like with like a wife beater on, and okay. they looked a little intimidated. I told, I said, "Don't worry, man, I'm horrible." But I, but they were just so small. I was down there catching the boards, putting them back up, and then my man Ibrahim Treor, fellow offensive lineman here at Penn State, he could be. Uh, he was, me and him were kind of running running the floor there okay. uh, and taking names. Mm. We put up about sixty five points combined, something no, like absolutely that. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I don't think you're putting sixty five no. up by yourself. It's ten minute quarters, man, and it's. Yeah, it's 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 a good time. So I highly recommend it. There's a couple other guys on the team that that actually made their own team. Uh, okay. Devon Townley, uh, among yeah, others. Okay, real Trey Wallace. Some real hoop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, it's it's a good time. But uh, but now kind of getting back to it. That's that's something I enjoy. I've been golfing a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's been the winter time. Golfing something I really enjoy. And then uh, I try to work out every single day. For anybody that's been around me, you know I love working out, looking good. Uh, and that was a big mm-hmm. part of it. For a while there, you, I, I, lo- I kind of just lost that feeling of wanting to get after it, waking up every day. Because it's, you know, in co- like I said, in college football, you, you just have to come with that, with that dog mindset every single day yeah. mm-hmm. or else, you know, you, you're going to fall behind. So when you don't have to have that anymore, it, it's hard to find a place to then put, put the, all, that, uh, all that effort 
uh, and even like aggression and stuff like that. So whatever may be going to the YMCA, hitting the, hitting the punching bag, yeah. lifting weights. I swim a lot at the Y as well. Mm. Doc wow. knows he's a former YMCA employee here at, at State College. <laughs> Shout out Cindy Lupton. There you go, there you go. So no, definitely just finding different things to allocate my time towards it and finding other passions. And then obviously, uh, you know, getting into, you know, my, my major is broadcast journalism. Uh, so it, it kind of just fit starting with a couple of different radio shows. And then the podcast that I mentioned earlier is going to be a part of uh, Fox Penn State. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's a lot of prep that can go into that stuff and something I can put a lot of my time into. Uh, and it, it's just something I really enjoy doing, uh, conversating with people and just and just being able to show uh people's personality and get to know them that's uh that's really cool that you've been able to find a new identity i, I feel like you know when you get done playing football and we both experienced it uh, there's so many guys who really struggle with the identity piece afterwards and you mentioned <clears throat> that you kind of got stuck initially upon retirement in a space where you didn't really want to work or maybe didn't even know what to put the work in towards how did you jumpstart that to get to where you are now where you're doing radio you're doing shows you got all these things cooking what did it take to get out of that hole yeah, obviously you have that initial time and everybody knows where it's, you kind of feel sorry for yourself a little bit. Uh, and you, you know, you're sitting there and some days you barely even got out of bed. Like it's, it was a really tough time for me. Uh, but honestly, it was a lot of lettermen to help me talking to people that have already experienced this where they having to step away from the game because, you know, it was great. And I had a ton of people, Doc, Lou, other guys coming over and visiting me, but it's also hard because they don't really have that perspective at all to like understand. So it's nice when getting a call from Aeneas Hawkins, uh, you know, a lot of other guys I've talked to, I've talked to a ton of, a ton of different lettermen that have really helped me, you know, understand that it's going to take some time to get, to get past it, but just, just giving me advice, uh, and, you know, just, just understanding that they've been through it. Uh, and it, you know, it was just, I felt the love from the Penn state community, uh, that that is one thing I will be forever thankful for that I that I chose Penn State because I feel like in situations like this, a lot of times coaches would be like, all right, you know, you're retired, you know, whatever, you know, just 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 get just get on and move on. But it's not like that at all here. I just just feel constant support and you know, coaches still checking in on me, making sure I'm good, players, lettermen, all that type of stuff. Uh, so it's just meant a lot to me, and honestly, that has helped me want to get back up on my feet and people, you know, trying to drag me out and say, hey, let's go to this. Let's go. Let's go do this event. Hey, do you want to come film this? Uh, that that type of stuff has been, you know, really beneficial. Just kind of get me back to being Landon again, because for a while there, you feel like you kind of lose your identity. And, you know, as a college football player, you kind of get wrapped up into it and you feel like that's, you know, I'm Landon Tangwall, the football player. But you got to realize you have a lot more to offer uh, than just football in this world. So, and that's, that's one thing that, like I said, it took me a little bit to realize, but through the help of players, Letterman coaches, uh, and just the Penn state family in general, got out of that really quick and, you know, back around and just doing everything I can to, to help out the program and then continue to just get after it every day in a different way now, uh, but, but still bring that energy each and every day. Yeah. The piggyback off that, I think though, like even now just football players and just all different types of athletes, they think like, Oh, I play football or I play basketball. Like that's that's what you are. Realistically, like we talk about this all the time. I talk to Doc about this all the time. Football gonna end one day, basketball gonna end one day. You gotta really find something that like some find something outside the sport that can that can bring you further in life. Like you more than an athlete. Like football, yes, you play football, but like when you're not in the facility, like you're a regular person. You got regular obligations. So I feel like that's something that really is everybody gotta work on. Just not focusing specifically on football and like invest your other talents. Like for me, it's my clothing brand and like even doing this podcast, which I'm new to. So I feel like it's just something that, you know, 
You just got to just yeah, good, good, good plug right there, actually, yeah, for the clothing man, brand. I, I, got a, I got a couple pieces of that. But no, you're absolutely right, man. And, and it's it's funny. It's, you know, people look, even these guys who have storied like 10, 12-year career in the NFL, mm-hmm. it actually even hits them harder, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. And people think, you know, oh, that's so great for them. Go enjoy, you know, time with their family. But they don't realize it is so difficult when you've lived this life for some of these guys, 20 plus, 25 years playing since you were 10. And that's all, you know, taken away. And now it's, you know, just go hang out with your family. A lot of guys aren't good at that, man. It's just like I have to have something to allocate all my energy towards. Uh, So I definitely think that's something that needs to be paid a little bit more attention is helping athletes move on to that next step. Uh, so that, that's definitely something I would be interested in the future, uh, kind of getting involved into is helping athletes transition from that from that life of just, you know, that constant grind life to a life of normalcy, kind of just being a civilian again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not an easy transition. So as you know, Hawk, you know, you Big time guy over there uh, on that on the Penn State D squad. <laughs> I was about to ask. I was about to ask. Like, you are, see, are you concerned that now there is another Penn State football player right. who is no longer playing? That is um, real game experience yep. um, in like wow. real pivotal games, uh, right. like real competition, uh, not FCS opponents and such like right. that. Um, and that's tearing it up right now in yeah. uh, the sports journalism, uh, the sports broadcasting, uh, radios and and, t- and podcasts. Are you at all concerned that someone with Real game experience <laughs> and analytics might come in and uh, right. take over because you're right now you're the Penn State football guy inside the huddle information, but you have a guy that <laughs> right. take that spot. Like, what are you doing to separate yourself? Like, going to what Landon was talking about competition, finding that drive. Like, does this mm. fuel you at all? Yeah, no. So I made a burner account, and I okay. plan on just anytime any Landon Tangwall content comes out, anytime he's talking about the team or mm-hmm. giving some of that insight you talk to from that you know true game experience. Yeah. I'm just gonna demean and undermine every okay, one of those okay. clips until his media career is no more. Um, <laughs> okay, no, but in all seriousness, it's you know exciting to see Tangwall mm-hmm. come into his own as a broadcaster, getting into the media space. To me, you know, it's a blessing to see my guys, you know, my young guys at that. You know, my two of my two of my youngest. Yeah, Jerry um, Jerry's not even, he's like my he's like my grandson for real. Wow. in terms of like the pyramid of age and rank here. So I'm not gonna sit here and be terrorized by two guys that I helped literally raised in college, well, you know, so. Well, yeah, I mean, originally, I remember my first time I went to Federal Tap House downtown and <laughs> Ania Hawkins was sitting with PJ Mustafer and a couple other guys and it was a little scary until I realized he had a mohawk at 21. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I was no longer afraid. And when you say that, that right. he helped raise um, us, especially because I lived with the guy and had to take care of him on multiple occasions in terms of how to dress, what to eat, what to put in your body, <laughs> what time to wake up at, making right. sure he's awake to be at workouts. Um, yep. And that's me at 18 years old. Yeah. So, you, so you raised, would you go, so you, would you say you raised uh, you know, I'll put it like this and I think a lot of people maybe listening may not understand this but you know in some families what ends up happening is um, a parent has a child and they have a, a bunch more children and the <laughs> oldest sibling ends up actually raising the younger kids mm-hmm. but also they actually end up raising the parent as well showing them were we talking about this earlier today yes, before the live and um, I think it just so happened that I took a, uh, I understood through real life um, experience um, what it takes to be a man. Okay. And I had to implement that into Aeneas Hawkins. Okay, so Aeneas Hawkins taught you how to be a somewhat of a father figure. For him. Oh. Yeah, he... he okay. You see how it doesn't he, make he, any he, sense? Well, see, like, it seems as though so you were forced into this role. Yeah, like he displayed signs that were, you know, demeaning to himself. And I think 
and I don't know if you're a believer in faith, but God literally put me in his life to help him be a better man. This is funny. Home. This is funny to listen to. I remember when Dog got on the campus, we actually had the same class together. And I remember he approached me after class. He's like, yo, how serious is Coach Franklin about sitting in the front row and being 10 minutes early? Yeah. I'm like, Dog, it's not even Franklin you got to worry about. When I get here, you better be in the front row. You better be there before I am because I'm going to be there 10 minutes early every mm -hmm. time. And Doc, again, took heed to my orders, took heed to my instruction. Yeah. And that is how he's turned into the student he's become today. I'll tell you what, I was too afraid to approach any of the real football players in that class, so they pointed me to Hawk, who at that point was called Pigeon. And <laughs> Wait, I never heard that nickname. Where did that Nobody, come from? He, okay. he, had, he hadn't earned the name Hawk. So this is actually, this is what had happened. So when I got to school, this is a real story, actually. I got to school, everybody called me Hawk. It was Hawk, Hawk, Hawk this, Hawk that. We do enough Lions prize my freshman year. We had a senior linebacker at the time named Jarvis Miller. And Jarvis came to the locker room one day after I had lost another Lions pride and was like, listen, you're not, Hawk, you're not Hawk anymore, you're Pigeon. And the entire locker room, the coaching staff, they began to call me Pigeon. But you know what they then called me after that was Jungle Cat. You understand what I'm saying? I came back what from the bottom. What does that nothing. mean? I came I back from the meatball. bottom. I thought it was Meatball. No, no. What did that come into play? Jungle no. Cat? Was, you when did that come into play? That was, that was the first week of training camp my <laughs> freshman year. I was about 37% body fat. That's not what we're here to discuss. Listen up. Are you paying too much for health insurance? Are you tired of reading these long, extensive policies the health insurance companies put out? Meet Patrick Mowdy of Mowdy Health. He's a Penn State letterman. Patrick leverages years of experience to offer customized insurance solutions. Those solutions help you develop a coverage game plan to cover the safety and well-being of you and your family. Maudi Health, one broker, endless solutions. Meatball I'm not sure how we got here. Meatball and listen, well, no, talk about jungle. I want to hear about Jungle Cat. I never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, well, what had happened was they saw me rip opposite Doc's face in yeah. pre-practice one-on-ones, okay. and they were like, you have the quickness of a Jungle Cat, <laughs> and that's how that stuck around. Yeah, I wow. You I can never, actually thank Doc for that nickname's creation. Quite honestly, I never went against him in any pre-practice one-on-one because we were both so horrible when I was younger and <laughs> when he was older that that would have been a waste <laughs> of time. Why did you Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was 17 and he was right. Like, 20, okay. So. But anyway, yeah, I, well, I don't think I ever actually got to go against a Hawk in a in a one on one. That, 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 I, that nah. I really recall. I don't think I ever got that. But you, you mentioned pre practice one on ones, and yeah. it kind of took me to my welcome to college football moment. Oh, I just wanted to share, share that real quick. Yo, look at him look finding our segments. And this is what he does. This, this is how you know he's, he's a broadcast. Yeah. Well, no, it got brought up, and yeah. you know, it kind of just it just registered in my mind. Okay, uh, you know, it was it was spring ball, and you get here as an early enrollee freshman. It, it's not easy. Uh, everything's flying a thousand miles an hour at you. Uh, and, you know, I get out there, it's practice three, we just put the pads on, and uh, I'm shaking, man. I I'm coming out, I'm coming out of Greenberg locker room, it's COVID, I don't even have a locker, I'm, I'm getting dressed in front of a science lab sink. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was a bad time, man, I get out there, and me and Smith Vilbert line up, and I'm at right tackle, I'm not, I played le left tackle my whole high school career, so I'm not really comfortable as an offensive lineman, you know what that's like, switching positions. And, uh... You know, the, the whistle blows, Trout blows the whistle, and two seconds later, I am flat on my back. <laughs> Smith Bilbert bull rushed me and put me all the way into the dirt and then stood over top of me and let me hear about it. <laughs> uh, and I heard the whole team, and Franklin got over me. He said, get up. And that, so that was my welcome to college football moment. I don't know if you guys have any uh, any good stories there, Mr. Jerry Cross. Mm. I actually have a memory in my head. but uh, tell, tell me, uh, Please share. Well, yeah. you know, I just remember, I just remember being on the sideline 
maybe last year, maybe a little bit longer. Right. And I just, I've never seen someone get hit so hard. I really don't remember who <laughs> it was. Ball, right? Spring ball, right? Oh, spring ball. You got lit up. So, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Yo. So, spring ball, one of the scrimmage days on a Saturday. You know, Saturdays, all the recruits and stuff there. I think uh, the coaches act different when they're Yeah, I think Tavon yeah. Austin was the other day. Oh, I remember oh, that. I think I remember that. So, I'm running like a deep crossing route. Like, I see the ball. I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch this. I catch the ball. I turn. I see Makai. I think it was either Makai Flowers or, or KJ. It was both of them, though, right there. Knocked the wind out of me. But, like, I, it was the slowest fall I ever had in my life. It's like I absorbed it, but, like, I fell and I dropped my knees. Makai fell immediately. So, I'm just laying there. I'm like, is KJ trying to help me up. I'm like, but I like, move, just move. I look around, everything bright. I see Tessa. I'm, like, I'm good. So I walk, I get up and walk to the sideline. I had to gather myself. Then I'm back in two plays, one or two plays later. But yeah, that was definitely a welcome to college moment. It took a while to get there though, but man. That, man, I, yeah, I don't I don't know if this has been talked about on the pod, man, but I just I have to bring this up. Nick Dawkins, man. You know exactly where I'm going with this. One of one of your first uh, one of your first times getting in in a college football game. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you man. please what run us down this story? Yo, this guy, my favorite this guy, story. This guy's interviewing me right now. Like this is crazy that a, a guest is just taking over our show. Let, but yeah, you know, um, my first uh, really collegiate play. I was on field goal in 2021, so I was getting some snaps to which I thought were important. But you know, whatever. So. I was on field goal doing my thing on field goal. We're playing Villanova 2021. It's looking good for the boy. You know, we're getting later in the fourth quarter. You know, big 6'6 at that point. Now I'm 53. Big 6'6 got the call up. They said, dog, let's go. Let's go run this huddle. You know what I mean? At center. <laughs> get in there. Get in there. Make my ID. Got Bryce after to my left. I'm like, yeah, we're in business now. Got big wig with me. Des Holmes. <laughs> yeah, we got the guys. The boys are ready to roll. Run that first play. Rip that middle zone. Crease it. Eight-yard gain. I'm like, yeah, we're just going to touchdown. Like, yeah, I'm the general of this offensive line, man. We getting to it. Wait, Second pause, play. Pause. Is that where the general came from? Like, nicknamed the general? Yeah. A lot no. of nicknames. When did they start calling you the Wait, general? Yeah, I thought it was the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. The, I don't know, man. Just anything of leadership. That's what get documented as. But, um, you know, we get to the second play. Okay. And my boy Tank Cinco, uh, Big Tank, one of, you know, the most slept-on running backs in Penn State football history. Yeah. Is yeah. back there toting the pill. Get another middle zone. The same exact play right after the first one. <laughs> so, you know, they're in a three down front. I'm, I'm, I just placed my man. It cuts right off my tail. I'm like, oh, he creased it again. Eight yard gain. This is the mistake, though. Big Tanko is trying to get that extra yard. Reached a little bit. Fumble. Fumble. The ball hits the ground. <laughs> At this point, I'm more concerned about who I'm blocking. So I'm just in his mouth. I'm like, I'm in huh? there. You where? I'm in there. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I was not there. The guy, so one of the safeties picks the ball up and starts hauling tail, boy. He's oh, I like, forgot about this. He's like, yeah, I'm about to, he's about to score. So in my, in my heroic display of camaraderie for the team and commitment to being 1-0, I turn the Jets on, okay? I turn and start sprinting. Bryce After, you know, one of the vets that I was looking up to at that point, Goes to make the play to start it off. He dives and tears his pack and missed the tackle. Wait, mind you, hold on. He's not even close, though. He dives. The guy is a whole five yards away from him. And he tears, yeah, his tears, the pack. tears the pack. He's out. He rolls to his side. He's defeated. I see this. See my OG go down. I understand what's next for me. I'm like, it's my turn. I'm the last side of defense. I'm the safety. Hauling. Boom, boom. 
some context. I had not been on the field besides field goal, which is one step. I was not warmed up for this moment. <laughs> I pulled my quad <laughs> in, this, in this foot pursuit. I pulled my quad. I dive, <laughs> okay, just to make it look, you know, like this was truly an enriching moment. I dive and land on my shoulder and hurt my shoulder too. <laughs> I get up. I duck, the guy scores a touchdown. But it turned out that it wasn't actually a fumble. His knee was down. Oh. So I get up. I dust myself off. I jog to the I jog to the sideline. I sit down on the cooler. I said I pulled I pulled my hamstring. Even though it was my quad, I was I was distraught. And they're like, no, it wasn't a fu- it wasn't a fumble. Go back out there. I said, no, I can't. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> I can't, coach. Like, I, like I'm done. I can't. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, who is this guy telling me like I can't go in? Well, yeah. So I was out for like three weeks after that. It was a serious injury. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, I was, I was so mad after that too because like all like my like I was like my first college snaps like my yep. family was up there because I was thinking I might be getting in the game and everything and. They want to go to tailgate, and I couldn't, like, move my right leg. I was just swinging it around. Everyone was having fun, and I was just mad. I was mad at uh, Champs off campus eating lunch Yeah, with our we did go to Champs. Yeah. We did. That's the same day P.J. Mustafer's dad at lunch. This is fresh off of the game. Now, at this point, P.J. Mustafer is a captain of Penn State football. He's, like, the clear leader on the defensive line. He knows how to play football. He's, like, 21, 22. We're sitting there eating our, our food at Champs downtown. Nobody's really talking. All of a sudden, P.J.'s dad looks up and was like, so you didn't have much of a, a plan with your hands and pass rush today at all, did you? You didn't have a plan. PJ's like, what are you talking about? I had a sack. Doesn't count. You didn't have a plan, and I could tell you didn't. I'm like, bro, it was just crazy to see PJ Mustafer get impressed by his dad while eating lasagna at Champs downtown. It was crazy to it was, watch. And it was wow. even wilder is um, when you look back at some of the historic data behind that. Yep. His dad would sit there with the binoculars and take notes during yep. the game. So yep. he had a, he had a real he had a real bird's eye view of what was going on. <laughs> PJ Mustafer was getting critiqued, so it was good. that was really good. To last hear. last story about Mr. Mustafer. It's a training camp practice. We're at Beaver Stadium, and his dad came to the practice. So you know that little corner where the O-line and D-line yeah. does one-on-ones? So PJ jumped off sides like one time and his dad like kind of clapped his hands real loud and was pissed. But then he did it again the very next rep. And I see PJ's dad spike his baseball head in the stands <laughs> and turn around and refuse to watch the rep. Has, has Christopher Tengwell ever elicited a reaction? Or maybe, oh. uh, what about the All-American uh yeah, no, ride homes with him were never good. My dad, he, he's a big dude, very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if it wasn't a perfect game or a perfect uh, camp, you know, those Under Armour, Nike Nike Open mm-hmm. type camps, if I lost one rep, it wasn't a good ride ride home. And the worst part is, you know, he never played ball. He played water polo. <laughs> so I'm sitting there getting lectured by a guy, you know, that, that played water polo his mm. whole career, and he's telling me how my punch needs to get better. Uh, so that one hurt a little bit, a little bit worse and, you know, he would say some insulting things, but actually my favorite story, and I hope he watches this, uh, I was at the Under Armour All-American camp, and uh, you know he's looking down. He's up on a hill, right? It's a big hill, mm-hmm. and I, I win my rep, right? I look up. I see my dad, and he, he's laying on the ground, bro. <laughs> big Chris, as everybody knows him. He's laying on the ground. And I'm like, I've never known my father to lay on the grass. <laughs> and so it turns out this dude, he tore up his knee. I think he tore his meniscus. Oh. He tore his meniscus watching me play football. <laughs> so so I, I think that, maybe he celebrated the one-on-one win. But uh, that's one of my favorite stories of my dad in football. But, yeah, ne- never a good ride home with my pops, man. What about Jerry Scott? Mm. You know, has Jerry Scott ever, you know, talked about your play? Jerry Scott is his grandfather, by the way. Has he ever, you know, give you any sort of reaction to your play, give you any critiques about your game? 
Man, still now to this day, he don't even got to be here. He still lecture me on what I need to do. <laughs> Starting going back to the peewee days, if I didn't catch a pass or or I wouldn't, he feel like I, I wasn't running hard enough, the whole ride back home and then we in the house is going to, you know, go to that. Even when I was hooping, the AAU tournaments, mm-hmm. it's the whole the whole ride back home we talking, oh, you could have did this, you could have did this. My granddad, though, he real intense, but I don't know. I wouldn't be here without him, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, look, like, my dad played in the NBA. I was playing youth basketball. My dad didn't even critique me. My mom did. I remember <laughs> one time I got in the car, and I hope you're watching this, Janice Dawkins. Shout I out to Janice. Yeah, man. shout out to Ms. Janice. So I get in the car, and, you know, I just had, I had, a, I had poor performance. Man, it was a bad day for the Dawkins family. <laughs> and whenever I had a bad game, like, my parents wouldn't try to make it seem like it, but they were embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like you just let the dog. How bad was the performance? Like, well, well, was this, well, was I, I, I feel like I've seen him play basketball. I feel like there was a lot of bad so what, what I mean, <laughs> Yeah, so the reality of the situation is, man, I'm not a hooper. Okay, never was. I'm playing center uh, for Penn State, not center for the, the Sixers like my dad, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, just got off an abysmal performance, man. Probably just fouled out of the game. Probably was like one for 11. But <laughs> let me just say something. My man didn't score. Okay, but either way, one for 11. My, my team was counting on me to put up some points. Didn't do that. Got out rebounded, too. That was a hard issue. I had, You know, I had no heart that game. <laughs> I wasn't into it. And I complained to my mom. I'm like, I just had a lacrosse game, and now I'm playing basketball. This isn't fair. And my mom said, you don't train like an elite athlete. <laughs> You don't train like an elite athlete, and your mentality is poor. That's why you had to give you had. Wait, you're how old at this point? I was eight years old. You don't train like and my dad had never, ever said anything like that. My dad would take me to get ice cream. He'd be like, no sprinkles because you lost. But, like, sprinkles are for winners. But, like, my mom had just lectured me. And this was like, you know, I, I was a pretty good kid. I never really talked back, but for some reason, this didn't sit right with me. <laughs> because why is my NBA father not critiquing me what my mom is, who played who played in the, the marching band in high school? So I'm like, nah, this doesn't seem right. I said, Mom, how are you to tell me that? You never even played a sport. Wow. She said, nah, but I know what it takes. <laughs> but I know what it takes. And you didn't have it today. <laughs> So you're going to apologize to your coaches when you go back. Wow. So, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I didn't talk back after that. When I went hurt the heart, I had to go back. That's one of those days where you, you know, you close the door soft and start whisper yelling I know what in you your mean. room. You're not even on punishment, you but yeah. you feel like it. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. first uh, my first real football game was in the eighth grade, and my dad played the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's important to me how he responds to how I'm playing. I've never played football before. I didn't do really anything the entire game. At the end of the first half, they threw like a bomb up, caught it, like 60-yard touchdown, first touchdown ever. I'm so excited. I get back home, my dad's sitting on the couch. Now, again, my dad is like, he's never been a yeller or a screamer. He just means what he says, and it's like very, you know, you're a kid, mm-hmm. right? I walk up to my dad on the couch. I'm like, yo, like, yo, did you see my touchdown? He rolls over. He's like, you're soft. You're out of shape. Hit the treadmill, <laughs> rolls back over, closes his eyes again. I sprint downstairs to my room. You mentioned closing doors softly, but with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And I stood in front of the mirror and just like, <laughs> like looking at my hands and crying. <laughs> the next game, I had like 19 tackles. So it's important sometimes to get you know a little bit of that motivation mm-hmm. from your parents. So, it is, so. yeah, yeah. They, they got to light a fire under you. But I do have to give some credit to, to my pops, big Chris Tangwall, man. Mm-hmm. He. 
I was a wide receiver in eighth grade. Uh, you know, I was. I, I had the videos. I, I hate to keep it on my phone of me catching a, a post route about a four yard touchdown. No, no, not at all. Well, actually, yeah. When when the when the body was getting when I was playing and the, you know every yeah. day the body gets beat up in the trenches, yeah, yeah. I would look out at a guy like Keandre Lambert Smith and, and maybe wish I was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, I, I but he put helped me put a lot of weight on. I was about 180 pounds and six five in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then uh, here comes spring ball. We had a spring ball league for our the high school team, mm-hmm. but for all the eighth grade eighth grade guys coming in, that kind of helps filter them in. Mm-hmm. And uh, by that time, five four or five months later, after the fall season, I was about 275 pounds. Okay, yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. So, you already so yeah, well, 275. But it was almost about 100 pounds. And I'll tell you what, it was <laughs> it was protein what, shakes every day. What was the time span that you went from so, 185 to 275? Just about, I would say, about November, I was about 185, and then come April, May. Yeah, I was I was about two seventy five. Like, so half a year. How many and meals a day? What was it looking well, like? Well, so my middle school didn't start till about nine fifteen. So I was waking up, yeah. workout. My, my 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 papa, my my dad's dad. He was taking me to the YMCA every morning at five a.m. <laughs> I still credit him, creating kind of creating my work ethic, yeah. right? So I work out in the morning, come back, eat a big breakfast, protein shake. I would have snacks on me at school. My dad, my mom, they made sure I was equipped with the snacks, yeah. constantly feeding, man, because because I knew what I needed to do to yeah. play offensive line. My dad looked at me, he said, look, you're too slow to do this, man. He said, you have you, you have absolutely horrible speed. You're not going to make any money or go to college for free if you want to be a wide receiver. He said, dad, so, that's on you. We weren't even meant to play land sports, bro. I told you, he was a water polo player, as was I, Stark. But, and so it was constantly just, I really was, I was eating the whole whole day and then I would come home again after school and then work out again. So I was getting like two workouts in a day and I was eating a ton of calories, two two peanut butter sandwiches uh, b- before bed, man, just trying to just get as many calories in. And honestly, it was pretty good weight. Like obviously I don't look like I look now, mm-hmm. but for, for being, you know, 13, 14, it, w- it was some really good weight on me. Uh, and that allowed me to then come up here uh, that, that uh, you know, eighth grade going into the summertime, mm-hmm. uh, I came up here and I I still like the. I still. I'm gonna claim on to this now that I'm retired. Clamping up Yitor Gross Matos yeah. as yeah. a as an eighth grader. And he, <laughs> yeah. I think he was an incoming freshman almost yep. at the mm-hmm. time. And that uh, Lime Grover seemed to like that. The offensive line coach at the time. And then I won MVP. And then shortly after, I, had, I think I had an offer before my ninth grade season even started. So, so t- yeah. I mean, talk to the people about what it's like to get major scholarship offers at 13 or 14 years yeah, that's old. Crazy, that's not man. typical. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's it's a lot. And if you don't know how to handle it or have the right people around you, uh, I think that can that can turn out really bad really quickly. Uh, but thankfully, my family, my friends, I, I've had a lot of people that <laughs> around me that have played sports at a higher level, and they were able to speak to me and help me kind of understand that, it, you know, this is a responsibility now. You can't just be out there doing anything. Yep. You have to understand what you have at stake uh, each day out there. So, uh, but it was, it was fun though. It was fun. I mean, I'm coming out after freshman year. I, I got to go to all American game for freshmen. I had, you know, 30 plus offers, went down, visited you know, Alabama. I got to meet Nick Saban, all that type of stuff that you dream of as a kid playing college football. Uh, so, so having those experiences early on my freshman year was really cool. Uh, but one thing it kind of allowed me to do was be a leader for the Penn State class because I got to experience right. all that stuff early on. Right. Uh, you know, I was pretty much ready to be committed by the end of my freshman year. I had visited everywhere I wanted to. Uh, and then you know, I didn't end up committing to junior year. My dad didn't want me to commit yet and wanted me to kind of enjoy the process, which I'm, I'm very happy he did that. Mm-hmm. You know, was able to take trips to other schools and, you know, make connections mm-hmm. and, and meet a lot of great people. 
Uh, but you know, it's it was a very cool experience, man. And you know, I'm still I'm thankful for all of it, and thankful I went through everything. It taught me a lot of life lessons. And Jerry, you were also really high. You were like at one point like the number one tight end in the country, right? Yeah. So how was that for you, especially because you're coming from like I mean, you were playing Rufus well, King High School, yeah. man. Like that's not a yeah. I'm like not a powerhouse school per se. Right. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like it was just different. Like like my freshman year, I didn't really do too much. I had like I had a few like long passes. I had like 400 yards my freshman year receiver. But sophomore year, that's what really kind of like opened it up for me. Sophomore year, I came back. I had like 900 yards, and I had like I let the I let the state in touchdown. I had like 17 touchdowns. But after that year, it was Wisconsin. They they was starting to hit me up. They come to my school like every other week. And it was Iowa State, pretty much the whole Big Ten, and it spanned out of Pac-12, and it spanned to a few SEC schools, and then Florida State offered me at some point. But I don't know. For me, all my offers like it came towards like kind of like COVID. COVID like kind of helped me out a lot because, like I said, I only paid, I only really played two years of high school. If I'm being really honest, mm-hmm. I'm playing, I played my freshman and sophomore year, didn't have a junior year. My senior year, I ended up having a high ankle sprain where I pretty much missed the whole season. I only played like three games, but. For me, it was just, I don't know, like for me, it was just just time to really sit and like talk to my family about it. I was still working out during COVID. So that kind of kept my mind off, you know, getting big headed and everything like that. But for me, it was just like, I was just wanting to find the best situation I could, I can for me. It's the position I was playing. Cause I knew eventually I was gonna be seeing switch to tight end cause I was 225, like 6'5 at mm-hmm. receiver. I know I was still growing, I was like 16, 17 years old. So for me, it was just, you know, just finding the best fit for me. And then I wouldn't really like I wouldn't really like too much looking at like the Bama, oh Bama and Georgia. I had big schools and everything, but for me, like I was telling you, it's just the best fit that I can probably find for me in my future. So yeah. that's what kind of hey, led me here. Seven, wait, real quick, seventeen touchdowns. Were you you just a jump ball guy? They, they were throwing that thing up yeah, for you. I, ran zone zone only, I only ran only ran like three routes my whole high school career. <laughs> what were they? Slant, post, and the, the fade. That's all you need, yeah. baby. You don't yeah, need you don't else. need nothing yeah. else, man. Yeah, everyone here, except for me, really had offers to Alabama and Georgia. Did, did you actually all think you could like play there, or was that just like, ah, that's, that's Wait, cool. Hawk had an offer to Alabama? I had all the offers. You know, they tried oh, to... They wow, I, I didn't have a Bama offer. I had a Georgia interest and Alabama interest. I never uh-huh. had an offer from them, though. But. Yeah. No, I had the offers. Yeah. This is what you got to understand, Tangwall. You know what I mean? I let people get their jokes off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because my college career was what it was. That's four years of receipts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can't really dispute that. But what I'll tell you is I was not in my prime at Penn State. Like, really, as soon as I got here, it was the demise. My senior year, I broke my foot twice, and then I never was the same. Like, literally from that moment on. So my junior year, I had a good year, and then the big schools came. Um, I actually have a funny story that I've never shared on camera before. So I got down to my top two, and I'm from Cincinnati. My dad played football at the University of Cincinnati. And at that time, Luke Fickle had just gotten into town. And, like, it was really exciting. People were excited about the Bearcats again. Uh, And Luke Fickle and his staff were recruiting me really hard. Now, I grew up a diehard Cincinnati Bearcat fan. I'm talking about diehard. Um, So when Fickle and them came, you know, I initially, before that, was, like, really leaning hard towards coming to Penn State. But after about three months of Fickle being there, I had my mind made up, literally come the day before I made my commitment video, that I was going to go to Cincinnati. Uh, So I'll never forget this. I'm at my senior uh, team photos. Like, you know how the the football guys, whatever, we take pictures downtown. I call my dad like, yo, I'm about to follow in your footsteps. I'm going to be a a Cincinnati Bearcat. Like, I just wanted you to be the first to know. He's like, yeah, you're not going to Cincinnati. You're going to Penn State. Give Coach Franklin a call. 
hangs up the phone. Call him back three times, no answer. Uh, we ended up having a conversation that night. Uh, he said I was making the wrong choice. I needed to think more clearly uh, and that I was his father and needed to be respectful. So I ended up calling Coach Franklin. was forced now, here. Now, I will say, obviously, I love Penn State. Like, I looked, I mean, from a top-down level, it was clear that Penn State was the right choice. But... The coaching staff in Cincinnati had me convinced that I was LeBron and that the city needed me. So I'm ready, obviously, to make that kind of impact. Uh, and thank God my dad didn't let me do that because I never panned out as a player. So yeah, if I would have been in yeah. Cincinnati, I'll take the Penn State degree 10 times out of 10. Well, yeah, I will say you mentioned your commitment video, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see that video until I was about a year in here. So if you want a good laugh, please go look up Aeneas Hawkins' commitment video. It is absolutely worth it. Revolutionary. Now, I want to change the topic here to some things that are going on actively uh, as we speak. Big news this week, obviously, is the NCAA football game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, two of you guys are active current athletes. Me and Tangwall, unfortunately, are missing NCAA football, and we won't be on the game. But how do you guys feel, number one, about the game being released, being on the game? And then number two, with the $600 compensation, I'm out of the loop. What is the general consensus about that with active players? All right. So firstly, and I said this before on one of our first podcasts, get my rating right. (laughs) Okay. And I don't mean (laughs) be fair. Make it accurate. What's what's an accurate rating for you? Give me an estimate. You know what I say? When when you look at ratings, right, you just look at the skill and all. You know, they don't talk about intangibility in the ratings. (laughs) Factor that in. Factor in leadership. Factor in being a locker room guy. I'm in the high 80s. Now, from a play standpoint, it's not looking good for me. <laughs> not looking great. <laughs> you know what? As long as I'm above a 70, I'll be happy. You need 70s in this world, man. You need three-star recruits. You need guys like that to fill the roster. So do you think you will be above a 70? Where are we thinking you'll be at? If you had to put a number on it right now, a guess on camera, what would it be? Give me a 76 overall. You think you're a 76? Give me a 76 overall. But um, when you talk about, like, the actual compensation and, like, talking about giving us a free game and uh, $600, uh, when you look at, like, the grand scheme of all of college football, like, all these FBS programs and everyone's getting $600, um, everyone receiving the same thing, I mean, it seems fair to me um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you're going to play the season. Following, if there's no NCAA game, you were still going to play the next year. You're basically getting paid to do nothing. You know what I mean? Like... Sure, there's going to be other guys that their likeness is going to be factored into the game more, and they'll probably be compensated differently than other guys. But for me, as an offensive lineman at Penn State University, um, $600 is fine for me to literally be in a game, just get my rating right. Yeah, I think we all grew up obviously wanting that again. It stopped yeah, in, in 2014. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I just think it's cool. It's something you're going to be able to show your kids. Yeah. And, you know, $600 is obviously not a ton of money. But like like Doc just said, everybody's you're going to want that game anyway. You're getting it for free. Right. Everybody's going to be playing it. Yeah. $600 is a lot of money. Okay, listen. listen. Polo pants. All right, we're, 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 we're talking. Big money guy, Travis Kelsey, bro. Well, no, I'm just talking to NIL terms. We know what type of deals these are that, that everybody's getting in it. Obviously, it's not a, a ton compared to that. But, you know, just just the ability to just be in, in a football game is obviously really cool. And everybody had those green, dreams mm-hmm. kind of growing up. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's plenty of compensation. You think about how many guys the NCAA does have to pay. Yeah. That, that is still, that's yeah, a lot that's of people lot of to take care of. So, a lot of Tang, well, what, what do you think your overall would have been, though? 
Oh, man. Cool 88. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I was in high 70s, no. maybe, maybe low 80s. The strength would have been up there. What would the strength have been? Strength would have been like, I would have I would have hoped to have been like 91. But if actually, they got a factor in this guy's squat and his, right. and his deadlift. If his man. squat's in there. I, I think yeah. people don't realize, you know, he, he, he looks like a big, strong guy, but you don't actually realize how much weight he can put on his back. Thick lower half. Yeah, thick lower half. And I've seen him, <laughs> I've seen him take some weight up and down uh, many a times with Jeffrey Earls you know, motivating him in his face and, and Nick Dawkins gets it done in the weight room. So mm-hmm. I hope to see his strength rating uh, in the high 90s, actually. Wow, I, I would I appreciate, appreciate that. that. So I hope uh, NCAA rating yeah, adjuster. Get Nick Dawkins ratings right, man. Yeah, there you go. My Cross thoughts and what is your overall? Mm, my overall, I haven't done nothing yet. So I'm I'm being in the 60s, but at release, I'll say like mid 60s, but I'll give it to like August, September. I'll be in like the mid 70s. I'm giving it. Okay. If you make me a 55 overall, the city of Allentown will feel it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's wild. The city, the city of Allentown will not stand for that, man. They will not tolerate that. I'm just saying that right now. Protests. NCAA, EA Sports, be known. If you violate me on my rating, the city of Allentown will indeed ride for me. That's all I'll say. Wow. Okay. Well, Man, well, yeah. No, I was just going to say, just on the compensation, you know, I don't really know how it works from a, from a top-down level. I don't know how that, uh, you know, that should be spread or what the fair payment is. But I do know that the entire generation unanimously has been clamoring for this game to come back. Free copy. It's been a decade. You get a free copy of it. Um, I can't think of anything more anticipated. Maybe GTA 6. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been waiting for that my whole life. Yeah, though, right, yeah. right. So this is right there. What would um, your rating be? Yeah, so that's the thing, right? So, two things, okay? No, 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 just give me the rating. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear an explanation. At my best, let's call it 2019, I think I'm a solid, I'm a solid 70. And here's why. (laughs) Here's why, bro. Because the agility in the D-tackle room, people say what they want. I'm not the fastest guy, but if we had a D-tackle record board for the 20-yard shuttle, Aeneas Hawkins' name would be top three behind Akeem and Zane, and that's it. So off of that, I'm a 70 pass rush threat. Uh, you look at the potential. You look at the locker room presence. I'm a guy that you got to rank 70. Um, a couple things before I finish. I had somebody text me, uh, and they meant this very genuinely. So I didn't take it as disrespect. But they were like, yo, you hear about the NCAA game? I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. They were like, hopefully they do an all-time Penn State team. Hashtag 27. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be on the all-time Penn State team either way, gang. That's not going to go down. I, I don't know who else wore 27, but I'd have to think whatever 27 would make it over you. Whatever other 27. Whatever any other 27. My, my op would be Jaden Sider. He's the Oh, mm, well. Yeah, okay. Okay, never mind. You win, actually. Okay. Anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I'm at a, I'm at a loss. Okay, I talked I'm to trying me. to understand something. Yep. Listen up. Are you paying too much for health insurance? Are you tired of reading these long, extensive policies the health insurance companies put out? Meet Patrick Mowdy of Mowdy Health. He's a Penn State letterman. Patrick leverages years of experience to offer customized insurance solutions. Those solutions help you develop a coverage game plan to cover the safety and well-being of you and your family. Maudi Health, one broker, endless solutions. So in 2019, that was your like your prime, you would say? At Penn State. That was my best. Yeah, at, at Penn State. So not including high school. Okay. No. If so, we include... Okay, go ahead. So a 70 overall, a 70 grade in a, in a, is a passing grade. Yep. How many reps in game yep. did you take at Penn State in 2019? 14. 14 in 2019. Okay, now were any of them against an FBS opponent? 
I I can't speak to that. How many plays? Did, <laughs> how many tackles did you have in that year? I had one. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about that? Right. Right. Exhibits a seventy overall. Right. Well, that was the thing. The way I was flashing, you know, were they FCS <laughs> opponents? Yeah. Yeah, but I had a pressure against Idaho. Okay, against a pressure. Idaho. I, I remember that game, watching that. Uh-huh. Everybody on the D line had a sack except yep. for him. It was me. But listen, they threw a holding flag on the one I almost had a sack on. So I legitimately almost had a sack, and the dude horse collar oh, yeah. body slammed me. Mm. They threw the flag. I did the thing on the field, and I remember doing the thing and looking at the stands and realizing nobody was even at the game anymore because <laughs> we were up by seventy-two. I'm like, I got no credit. Nobody saw that happen. But it's hey, all right. Hey. Well, let's give him a rating at the same time. Tell me. So okay. Three, two, one. 65. What do you say? 65. Okay, 65. I gave you a 62. I thought it was. What did you say? Isn't 55 the lowest you can go, I think? Yeah, I think my toughest factor was definitely up. You retired from football. I did. I did. I did. I had like seven surgeries. I had multiple major. I don't know. We're talking a lot about ratings, and then guys are talking about locker room and grit and these categories that are actually not on the ratings at all. That kind of worries me as far as the ratings we're going to receive here. Whatever, man. I'm hoping good for the guys. And I saw Nick Singleton put out a I'm in the game tweet today. Hopefully, he's getting compensated well from EA Sports. And yeah, some guys are getting some good looks off of that. I put that up, and EA tweeted I mean, delete it. <laughs> so I deleted it. And uh, they said, uh, do something like that again. You won't be in the game. So wow. I'm, t- I'm sending it out on social media right now. I'm tapped out. That's crazy. I, I want to ask more current events. We just got past the Super Bowl. We haven't talked since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Penn State got Jair Brown with the interception. We got to talk about That's it. That's crazy. Man. The great Jair Brown. I got to talk about it. I, I put this in the group chat. I, I didn't send it. It wasn't in a group chat with Doc, but I, I showed people. I, I have a timestamp. It was around 11 a.m. in the morning. I sent it to my other friends. I said, Jair Brown, interception today, book it. I can I can pull it up. I still have a screenshot of it. Uh-huh. And I, I called it. So you it. called it. I called it. I, I felt it. I, I literally woke up and I said, Tiggy's going to get a pick today in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Doc seen the screenshot. He saw the timestamp. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I called it, man. So I, I just want to put that out there. He is a guy that's going to be in the league for a while yeah. and someone who is just a natural-born football player. So, it, it, but it, no, but yeah. in all seriousness, though, it was really exciting to see that moment for him. And we all know that how much he deserved yeah. uh, a moment like that in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, dude, Tig, Tig is one of, one of the best speakers I've seen as a leader. Uh, he took all, I mean, and yeah. a lot of the guys, the Juco guys that come in, the hashtag Juco products, they say, yep. um, they're almost like a, like a battalion, a quadrant of individuals that come in, specifically yep. from Lackawanna. Lack I don't life. know what Lack they life. do. And didn't you say you were running the Lack? Yeah, if I was at Lackawanna, I probably would have ran it. But besides that point, <laughs> all the guys, please, please, Lackawanna people, please leave me alone. I don't want any smoke with any of you. Um, but guys that come from Lack, I don't know what they do or out there. They're ready. But they come back. First, they talk about it like it was a prison sentence, okay? <laughs> so they come back from the Lack, like, hardened mm-hmm. by the trials and the thought, the tribulations, okay? And then they produce immediately. Yep. And they're just tough. Jamie. And yeah, literally, like, look. I mean, look at like you got first guy like Anthony Wiggins, you got Tig, you got. Um, <laughs> I mean, you got Tyrese Mills that just came. In. Anthony Wiggins, Jaquan Brisker, like these guys all came in and were immediate impacts based off of their toughness, based off of their skill, and based off of their athletic ability. Um, and it's just it's crazy to see like the, the guys that come in like that, ready, ready to compete, ready to play, and they're and they're ready for the moment. Yeah, no, yeah. I completely agree. Um, it reminds me of when Jaquan Brisker came into school. Jaquan wore number twenty seven at Lackawanna. 
Um, so I didn't know Jaquan at this time. I had met him like after a practice. And a couple weeks before he gets to school, he DMs me on Twitter. He's like, yo, like number 27 means a lot to me. Like I would love the opportunity to wear it. Like, what are you thinking? Like, can we make this happen? And just respect, nah, bro, like you can't get this off of me, man. Like that's just what it is. So Brizzy, I'm sorry, bro. But I think that was important to your development. Obviously, what did he wear here? Number one? Number uh, nine, yeah, seven, something like that. Seven, seven. that's seven what it was. And seven, seven and one. one. Yeah, so shout out Brizzy. But those lack boys do come in prepared. Yeah. They're ready. So Tig gets the interception. I want to ask about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift because, again, okay. it seems like you've taken the time to deliberately copy Travis Kelsey's entire swag. Yeah. So first, let's ask you about the relationship itself. Have you been following? What are your thoughts? I know some people that think that the relationship itself uh, is just a marketing ploy, uh, and time will reveal that. But where do you stand? On this, uh, on this love well, spectrum. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually saw something that the New York Times put out. And, you know, everybody's got these gripes that Taylor Swift has way too much uh, airtime on, on these broadcasts. And I saw something. She's actually only ever been, uh, you know, le- less than 30 seconds on every yeah. single game that the Chiefs have been in, which is still a decent amount of, uh, of airtime. But when you think about, you know, I know it's during the game. When you think about commercials and how many other people are, are you know, athletes, celebrities, all, I mean, like all this stuff is shown. It's not that bad. And we understand what it does for the NFL, man. The, yeah. the fan base that it has brought over that they just had no access to, that it just completely opened them up. I mean, they were salivating at the mouth when, when, when they saw that relationship uh, yeah. come about. But, you know, I, it seems genuine. And obviously it's very beneficial for, for somewhat for both of their careers. Not that Taylor really needs that. Right. But, uh, but Travis is definitely killing it uh, <laughs> off that relationship. But, you know, hey, I say, I say good for them and, you know, enjoy it. <clears throat> Dog, yeah. do you have any thoughts here? Not really. I mean, any chance Taylor Swift thought she had with me is definitely out the window. <laughs> like, yeah. Get me out there, like, kissing dude up on social media. This better come back to me. So like, she's got no shot with you anymore. Her and her are done, bro. Like, <laughs> whatever they thought they had with me is, is clipped. Don't you even think about hitting dog company anymore. Yeah, don't even try that, man. So... Well, no, can I ask on that note? So Usher's halftime performance. Oh, Lord. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I understand at a certain point you're a performer. No. It's the Super Bowl show. You already know. We're already getting no's. I'm just, you know, to be com- as rational as I can be in this moment, I just don't see a world where Usher dances with my girlfriend the same way that he danced with Alicia Keys in front of millions. What are your guys' takes? Yeah, right. I think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, that's insane. I was literally sitting there watching, like, no way. And, like, she was smiling, like, she was really engaged into it, you know? It was right. not like she was trying to get away from. I had people text my phone saying, oh, yeah, she was trying to get away. No, she wasn't. No. Nah. Well, I like people texting you about it. That makes sense. <laughs> 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 like, not not so much. Are you serious, Jerry? He said, I'm sure her dancing again. Let me text Jerry. But in all seriousness, though, uh, Swiss Beats, who has been with Alicia Keys for a long, long time, he's a big time uh, producer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he put out a statement essentially saying, You're not going to take this away from my wife. Right. You're respect. not going to turn this respect around. It. So I definitely respect him kind of coming out in defense of his wife. Yep. Uh, in the same time, that I don't know if that would be me, man. I don't. Uh, the way, as Jerry mentioned, she seemed like she was really yeah. just smiling, really enjoying right. it. Uh, and, and, you know, Usher, man, I, I just don't want a guy like Usher kind of grinding <laughs> up on my girl, man. I don't, I don't like it. And in front of the whole world at that, I just think it was a little bit disrespectful. That's but, uh, you know, it, it, people enjoyed it, I suppose. I thought it was a pretty overall, compared to halftime, other halftime shows, kind of average. Uh, I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was great either. Yeah. Doc. Yeah, I mean, you look at the different, um, you know, actually, never mind, man. That's, no, man, no, come on, man. Like, firstly, like, yo, 
have some respect, man. Like, <laughs> anyone that enjoyed seeing that, you're evil. You like seeing that? You like seeing, you like, seeing like the, the amazement in another in a woman's eyes when she's touched by another man? man. Come on. You enjoyed that? Evil, for one. For two, you look at the difference on Twitter and on Facebook with anything, but more specifically a halftime show. You go on Twitter, wow, flawless. Like literally it would be like, a, like maybe someone will tweet out, Usher is the president of the United States and in, in excitement for his performance. Yep. Then you go on Facebook and someone puts like a avatar of their like like 60-year-old grandmother will put her avatar of herself, Memoji, and be like, thumbs down emoji, <laughs> this stinks, period. Like it's the difference between demographics and what they enjoy and everything like that. But man, I'll tell you what. Just for that, too, Alicia Keys, you lost your chance with me. I don't like how you act in a relationship like that. So you're, you're <laughs> off the list as well. Usher, man, have some respect, man. Have some respect. He was just married, too. Like, and he got he got engaged right yeah, after that. So he, he really. did that. He said, yeah, I could have had your woman, and I'm going to go get engaged to mine. I just, yeah, I just don't know if I have the mental toughness for it. Like, yeah. I get that they're performers. I get it. I, I mean, again, shout out Swiss Beats for putting out the, yeah. the statement and all that. I'm just not. I'm not mentally tough enough to handle. I can't, I can't no. do that. No, I couldn't. You're a strong man, man. I commend yeah. you for having the, you know, the mental toughness in order to do that. But I don't have that, man. I couldn't like even if like my girlfriend was like an actress, yeah. like and she's over there like, <laughs> like, like kissing Michael B. Jordan. Nah, no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm what if she, what if she said I was pretending it was you? No. I say I can see how you can make that comparison. Like I see how you can, yeah. how you can yeah. confuse us too. Yeah, but it's not the same, babe. I'm not Michael B. Jordan. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm not eating. <laughs> I'm not eating for a week. I know I get confused for him, but like I'm not Michael who, who, B. Jordan. Wait, tell me. Who who is confusing him for you? Um, ask like seven women right now. There's wow. seven of them. Yeah, yeah, just seven. Don't ask eight. Um, <laughs> but like I'm just saying, like yeah. I can't. I I don't have. I mean, maybe my masculinity is too fragile. Nah, I, but to see, call it what you want. Yeah, call it whatever you want to call it, man. I don't have the pride. My pride is too heavy, man. I wear it like a crown, man. I don't want to let it slip. So I can't have that, man. So yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a good halftime <laughs> show. Though, it was, it was. But man, uh, as far as the game, Patrick Mahomes taking home his third Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, uh, you know, looking for a three peat. That's what they're talking about in Kansas City. Uh, what do you guys think as far as the talk has been comparing him to Tom Brady? Ugh. Can he catch Brady? Can he be the GOAT? I'm uh, passionate football. about this. I'm passionate about I this. I definitely think he can catch him. Mm. Like, if you look at his accolades right now compared to where Tom Brady was, uh, he definitely have the chance if he, if he keeps at the pace that you want right now. I think the thing is, if you just are using the eyeball test, you can watch Patrick Mahomes play right now mm. and say there has never been anybody that played quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I think that goes without question. I think people know that. The question now, though, is the same thing with LeBron James. We got to talk about the fact that Brady made the cookie stretch for 20 years yeah. in the NFL. That's unprecedented. So to me, the longevity factor is important. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl count, I think he's got a shot to go do it. But to just assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to stay healthy and be able to play long enough to go catch all those accolades in the game of football is tough so for me just to sit there and assume still. And another thing with Brady that I got to respect is that a lot of times, I mean, Mahomes did it this year, but a lot of times that receiving core wasn't a whole lot of anybody. Mm -hmm. And he was still making it work. Goes down 28-3, puts on the best Super Bowl comeback of all time, second to none. He just has done so much that I think we got we to gotta slow down. What if those accolades get passed, though, in the less amount of years than Tom Brady? And then he's got he's to be the one. 
He's yeah. got to be the one because, again, he already passes the eyeball test. Yeah. I watch him play, and I'm like, this is yeah. the best quarterback to ever yeah. live. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think what's interesting, if you kind of put it in perspective, uh, Mahomes, I believe, is about 28 years old. Uh, that's 17 more years if he yeah. played as long as Brady did. Now, obviously, Brady, you know, we've, we've seen his, his regimen and how, how serious he takes care of his body and also a completely different style of play uh, that Mahomes, I don't think it's as sustainable, you know, going down his career when you start to get into your late 30s. Mahomes isn't going to be that, you know, Mahomes magic as much as when he was in his late 20s and early 30s, you know, creating plays. So he's going to have to change his play style, yeah. I think, a little bit and become a little bit more of a pocket passer just because you lose that that mobility. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if he were to play another 17 years like Brady did and match, you know, to 45 years old, I think he could catch him. But I don't see his career lasting that long. So it's going to be close. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, the tale of greatness, I think, comes with Brady is he's played in so many different eras against so many different That's grades. also facts. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how, like you touched on, how Mahomes' game um, evolutionizes and changes with the times. And, you know, right now we're in a real pass-heavy, quick game, RPO, yep. spread concept, uh, NFL. And, um, you know, when Brady was entering NFL, it was real run-heavy. I mean, the backs yep. were, you know, were the, the engine that drove the bus. So, you know, going on and seeing how the game changes and the different schemes and different concepts and new positions that emerge, like the fullback barely is a position now. But yep. when Brady was getting into the NFL, it was, I mean, it was a popular position. So how will football change? How will Patrick Mahomes change with it? I think we'll tell the tale of his greatness. Yeah. Last question here for you, and I just heard somebody else talking about this. It was interesting. If Andy Reid goes and gets his third Super Bowl in a row, already having won a Super Bowl elsewhere, is Andy Reid going down as the greatest coach of all time? Does he surpass Belichick in that conversation? I want to pose the devil's advocate angle here of the fact that Bill Belichick without Tom Brady mm. – has nothing. Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes has played in several NFC championships, has won the Super Bowl before, so he's done it without Mahomes. Does Andy Reid close the gap with a three-peat? Uh, I mean, I think first off, we, we know what Bill Belichick is. He was very great. He was really good with the Browns. Uh, I think he was a defensive coordinator, I think, for the Browns for a while there when the Browns were good in the uh, eight, late 80s, early 90s. But, uh, you know, that, that's hard, man. Bill Belichick is the epitome of, of, of the best NFL coach. Uh, but I think from a standpoint of you see how beloved Andy Reid is by his players, uh, they, they just give him so much love. And we've heard all the stories. The Patriots organization wasn't exactly a fun place to be. No. We've seen the stories of Bailey Zappi and those guys saying they were, they were going to the wide receivers room to, to watch tape because they were getting terrorized in the quarterback room. Uh, so, uh, you know, as far as from a player standpoint, it seems like you definitely would want to rather play for Andy Reid. Uh, but I, I guess I just kind of see it's going to be interesting to see how his career shakes out and then where Bill Belichick goes from here. Yeah. Who knows? He could get with the team and maybe get another couple rings out of it. Yeah. If Bill uh, Belichick goes and wins another Super Bowl or two, then it's not good. Yeah, then it's certified. There's it's no conversation. But I, I think Andy Reid, you know, he could catch him. He could catch him. He's a he's a legendary guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a good enough football player to even contribute to this conversation because uh, – those are two GOAT coaches, in my opinion, probably means absolutely nothing. But I will ask the I will ask the question is if you think if do you think that Bill Belichick created Tom Brady, do you think that he truly is a system quarterback? Or ah. you think that his um, you know, his stint at Tampa Bay disproved those factors? I mean, you know, make your own opinion on that. But I will not pick a stance on this one because, you know, I'm not trying to get clowned for this. I don't I don't 
I'm not old enough for this question. Yeah. Not even old enough. Jerry's yeah. 16 and a half still. So, uh, no, Bill Belichick yeah. is. Yeah, yeah right. I'm Jerry just got his earnings permit, man. He <laughs> <laughs> got, got his tips, man. No, nah, I really appreciate you guys having yeah. me on, though. And I, sure. real, real talk, man, they really did feel like we were sitting in the locker room just kind of mm-hmm. wrapping it up like yeah, we always man. done in the past. So mm-hmm. this is a really cool thing you guys are doing. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate all of our audience back home tuning in to yet another episode of The Lion's Den. Stay tuned. We got more content coming off season's getting ready to roll and wink wink here comes spring ball stay tuned for more episodes of the lions den here on state media